Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. fans and welcome to marty's illegal stick a hockey podcast brought to you by the sportshistorynetwork.com i'm your host scott kindle and we have got another fun-filled show ready and ready to go and rock and roll for you today uh i, I brought back an old friend of mine that we're, we're going to introduce him in just a second uh he's actually one of the guys that got me into this whole crazy podcasting world uh before i bring him in though i'm going to bring in our always co-host he is the man the myth the legend he looks like he's in, a, in his basement right now um, so I, I hope everything's okay down there. He's the one, he's the only, he's Ed Stefaniak. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I'm hiding from uh, ice right now since I'm Hispanic and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty intimidating down here. Well, I found some spiders. Well, I, I tell you, you know, you were showing me the, uh, the rest of the basement pretty earlier and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's getting there. It's a lot of work, but you know, eh, pretty soon I'll have a home gym so I can stop paying for planet fitness that I don't go to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, work out when you like. That's just I mean, yes. exactly what you need. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have my schedule, and that schedule is non-existent. That's right. There you go. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring in our other co-host for today. So a little history lesson here for you. About, uh, I don't know, four years or so ago, I, uh, I was invited to do a guest spot on a, a hockey podcast called All Pucked Up, which I always thought was one of the, the greatest names for a show ever. And, uh, you know, that show eventually ended, and then we started getting into this Marty's Illegal Stick, and then eventually 315 Hockey Live, and now we got both going on. But one of the guys that was the founder of All Pucked Up, I got him with us today. Uh, him and I have had some legendary hockey discussions, and we hope to have one or two for you again today. He is Mr. Chris Mazzotti. Chris, it's great to see you again. Hey, it's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I did actually come up with that name for All Pucked Up. Uh, I remember discussing with our other co-host, Rich Masucci, and he was like, what if we said something? I'm like, well, if you're just going to use puck like that, like, may as well just say all pucked up. We're doing it in a bar. Like, I know. like all right. And uh, the, fir the first few episodes were very interesting because I was trying to get very drunk during the episodes. If you ever went back and listened to them, if they're available, I don't even know. But you hear me do things like say, like, the Zanosy Jarks, like, I can't even, like, talk right. <laughs> you know, I did six shots of tequila during the, the break, you know, things like that. So I think we uh, should I do that. I think we should do my Seattle jersey today for you. Figuring uh, well, not, I, not a lot of people in CNY probably have one of these. So uh, I couldn't uh, believe it. When I <laughs> you got plenty of Ranger jerseys to get to. Come on the show, but not a not a Kraken jersey, which I, I love this logo. I heard Ranger fan. I couldn't believe you were wearing a Seattle jersey. I'm like, my. That's because they're not a threat. You you know who number seven is? It's, a, it's Eberle. Eberle. 
Everly, it's, a, it's a Jordan Everly jersey. Wow. <laughs> See, that's what's weird. You're such a Rangers fan. You get a Jordan Everly jersey. You know, there's a few players that have played for the Islanders that I always thought should have been Rangers, and he's definitely one of them. Uh, I would have also had Ryan Strom on that list um, right up until we got rid of him last year because he couldn't <laughs> hit an empty net. You know, that's it's kind of a key for guys on your team. Hit an empty in his net. defense, in his defense, Scott can't hit an empty net either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's not making five million a year. Yeah. We're in the B League. We play for pride. That's worth more. Yeah. Yeah. I play for I play for pride and a free beer afterwards. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, well, fellas, you know, there's uh, all kinds of NHL action going on right now. And uh what do we got? Like maybe three weeks left of the season. Uh teams it's are getting down to- Islanders are down to ten games. Yeah, down to the nitty gritty here. Ten to twelve games left for everybody. And that playoff races are getting tight. Uh, last week we started off with the Eastern Conference, and we didn't really get around to the Western Conference. So what I want to do, I want to start with the Western Conference. We'll go through that, and then with Ed being such a big Bruins fan, Chris being such a big Rangers fan, I'm sure we got some interesting discussion coming up. There. <laughs> I mean, there's not much interesting discussion. We won the season series. Well, that means everything. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say. Give them the cup, then, I guess. You know. yeah, it means your opinions are invalidated. Yes, well, we'll find out about that. <laughs> <laughs> but first, let's take a quick look at the Western Conference, boys. So, uh, actually, that that playoff uh, scenarios are, I, I don't know, it looks like pretty much everybody's going to be set in stone here. Uh, Vegas is actually leading the entire conference with 92 points. The LA Kings have tied them with 92 as well. And then the Edmonton Oilers are in third place in the Pacific Division with 88 points. Looking over at the Central, uh, the Dallas Stars are at 89 points. The Colorado Avalanche are at 88 points. And so are the Minnesota Wild. They're in third place with 88 the wild cards are currently Seattle with 83. Uh, Winnipeg with 81 has the second wild card spot. Trailing behind them is the Calgary Flames. They have 77 points. Yeah, 77 points. So they're four points out of a playoff spot. Nashville's five points out with 76. So let's just break this down real quick. If the playoffs were to start today, what that means is it's going to be Vegas against Winnipeg. It'll be the Dallas Stars against the Seattle Kraken. And then, of course, to have the rematch of the L.A. Kings and the Edmonton Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche versus the Minnesota Wild. Now, if we were to start today, which one of those series do you guys find the most intriguing? Colorado, Minnesota. That's going to be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, to me, the reigning cup champs, that's always that always adds points there for interesting. Um, but – it's also all the injuries Colorado has sustained with, you know, Landis Gagnon-Carr being injured throughout the season. It's um, McKinnon not being 100%. I want to see if they can get over that hump of being injured and playing in playoffs. And Minnesota just can't get it done. Is this the year that they maybe get out of the first round? Right. Right. I mean, they got the flower. And flower 7-0 and in his last seven. And I think with a shutout and a two, four, five goals against average, he's playing out of his mind. He's dragging that team to the playoffs by himself. Well, don't forget about Gustafson in that too. He's been uh, pretty good himself. He's, he's been pretty good himself. I think that would could be an interesting series. Uh, seven games, it would go easily go down to. Yeah, See I, him I, try to fight the other night. <laughs> oh God, these refs need to let him up. go. Did you hear the mic up? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, I, like, I got to get my bucket. I hate my hair like this. <laughs> <laughs> You're just about to fight somebody. You're worried about your hair. <laughs> Why not, right? 
<laughs> Bennington's a menace to society, and the fact that he's now the most hated player in the NHL really makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> I like a Bruins fan saying he's the most hated player in the NHL. Like Marsh doesn't exist. No, Marshan <laughs> took second. Marshan's in second right now. Bennington has been on a tear. When's the last nice. time Marshan's really done anything questionable versus the last time Bennington's done anything questionable? Yeah, but you know what, though? Mazzotti, I'm sure, will agree with me. I mean, Bennington can't lick anybody because he's got his gold, goalie mask on. So I, I He takes it off every chance he gets. <laughs> he takes it off every chance he gets. He's going to lick somebody. That's a, that's a three-game suspension now. It I'm is. Do it. SK Andre Miller. involved. You're out of there. <laughs> How can people always talk about Marshan licking somebody and not um, what's his name from Buffalo? Roy. He's a coach from St. Louis now. Well, because <sighs> nobody's ever heard of him. Otter, Steve Ott. Steve Ott. I was going to say Roy. What are you talking about? I was thinking of Derek Roy for some reason. No, Steve Ott. <laughs> Unlike Marshan, Steve Ott actually fought people. <laughs> and unlike Steve Ott, Marshan scores goals. So he spit at him, then he fought him. Was... <laughs> but you know, you're right. That would be an intriguing series. And I'll tell you something. A couple weeks ago, I was actually starting to bang the Colorado drum hard because I figured they're the defending champs. This has got to turn around, right? There's just too much talent. But you know, the more I watch this team now, the more I realize just how much they're missing uh, Nazem Kadri. Yeah, that second line's a mess. And granted, like you said, Landis Gog's out, and he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. They've had all kinds of injuries. But at what point do you not start to say, ooh, this is not the same team that ran through the Stanley Cup last year? I Realistically, I started saying that when Landis Gog got hurt. They were on the outside looking in at that point. The fact that they're in a playoff spot right now is really good. Mm-hmm. But they're not the same team. They're far from the same team. You know, Nazem Kadri was an intangible that is valued on every team. And I understand he had a high price point for the Avalanche, but you needed to get another grinder in there. You need to get somebody in there who can mix it up. And Colorado realistically doesn't have anyone who can fulfill that position. Right. I mean, that's that's very true. Uh, and you know what, too? You know what helped Colorado get into that play? And there's listen, they're still ultra talented. Let's not kid anybody here, right? Yeah. But the Central Division is no longer the complete juggernaut that it once was. It used to be you had a hard time getting into fifth place in that division. Now you clearly have your top three. I'm looking at the stats right now. You know, when we just went over them, Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota, they're all right there, 89-88-88. But then you go to Winnipeg, who's at 81, and they've already got 71 games played. And Nashville is barely hanging on to even a remote chance at the playoffs. Where it used to be right up until last year, listen, all five, all five top or top five spots out of the central division were going to the playoffs. The Pacific wasn't yeah. putting anybody in in the wild card. And now that's right. all change. So that has actually helped Colorado. You know, again, Uber talented, but they're starting to run out of a little bit of runway here. And I'm not all of a sudden I'm not so confident in them getting out of that Western Conference. And you know, oh, you go right ahead, man. Yeah, uh, well, last year, you know. <clears throat> they they did a goalie change at the end of the season, right? So now they have Georgiev instead of Kemper. Yeah. And I personally think that they're about the same. Like, I feel like Georgiev might have more talent, but Kemper's just so big that, you know, half of what he stops is just dumb luck. So 
it, 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 it makes me nervous for like what you said. They get rid of that type of grinder type of, you know, pest that Kadri can be. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, well, you didn't really improve on the back end. If guys are getting through the middle easier, like, and you've seen Colorado's lost some games this year with very high scores against. And right. it's like, I, you know, when you get in the playoffs, you, you don't want to be letting games like that up. And, and Georgiev, he's not the most, like, bounce-back guy. Like, you know, like he if he starts letting in, you know, if he loses the game 6-2 or something, like, it's, it's not easy for him to always bounce back. Granted, right. he's had the best examples around him his whole career. So could be absolutely wrong. He could like have learned how to bounce back from that stuff, but I just don't know if it's uh if it's realistic that Colorado just you know walks through the central you know playoffs this year. Um, and Minnesota, you know, <laughs> you can't sleep on them. They are very talented. So it, it will right. be a good one. That central Gordon Scott. Remember when everybody left Minnesota for dead when they had to do the buyouts on Parise? And I definitely like, oh, they're done. They're that's it. Their cap is ruined. Forget about it. This team is over. Yeah, now look at them. That's yeah, it. Billy Gurren, some credit, man. He, Billy Gurren and their coach. Yeah, and their coach. I mean, it's just been incredible what they've been able to do. It helps having uh, Kirill Kaprizov on your team. <laughs> yeah, Kirill Kaprizov helps. <laughs> Mazzotti, give me a matchup that you think is uh, pretty intriguing. In the West, I got to say that I'm, I'm looking forward to L.A. Edmonton. Um, <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of L.A. games this year. Uh, as you know, I've texted you a few times, like, how do you stay up this late to watch hockey? Uh, but um, with the ESPN account and whatever, you get all the out-of-market games. So I've been watching L.A. I've been watching Edmonton, too. I just watched them uh, play uh, San Jose the end the other night. Um, and – it's an interesting matchup to me on the basis of like LA reminds me of like um, those years where Ottawa was called the pesky Sens. I right. feel like they're the pesky Kings. Like you never know what team you're going to get on a given night. They can lose five to two or they can beat you eight to one. Like it's it, it, like everything Kempe shoots can go in or nothing. He shoots can go in. Like, nice. <laughs> and now that they got, you know, the streak, <laughs> This this Phoenix Copley coming in right is he is he like, a, like they, got, they got him and they got what um oh, is and he's been doing good for them right yeah you know it's funny ever since that trade where they brought in Gabrikov and Corpusalo statistically they've been the best team in the league which is very interesting and I'll tell you something as a Kings fan I I, I listen I'm very happy for what Phoenix Copley did all year I mean it's been actually incredible did I think it was going to last though. Not really. I mean, I, right. I have to be honest about it. I mean, you know, love the guy, but the, let's face it, he spent more time in the AHL than he has in the NHL. And you you kind of wonder, like, that whole Cinderella thing, right? When's the carriage going to turn into the pumpkin? Well, that's that's kind of my point exactly, because we saw another goalie do this a couple of years ago in Bennington. So, yeah. like, so like, are we going to have another Bennington situation? And poor Edmonton, if that's what happens. Because this is a much taller order, I think, you know. Uh, you're going to have to go against McDavid and Dreisaitl here in the very first round. I, I just feel like in, in Edmonton, their their psyche, I feel like, is the shakiest. I, I feel it's shakier than Toronto. Oh, like, yeah. If they cannot oh, yeah. dominate, I'm not just saying, like, come close to winning. They need to dominate L.A. in order to go anywhere. 
because if they don't, it's going to be such a confidence boost, like confidence deflation to them, you know, because they, they really need to, they need to like really, because could you think about LA? I know you're a big fan, Scott. When, when average person thinks about LA, who's their superstars? Some still say Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Hey, I mean, I think Kopitar is a well-known oh, guy. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, Dowdy. Dowdy. And, and then, and then, where do you go? Well, they got. Here's the thing: Velarde. Like, oh, I mean, Kempe obviously this year, but Kempe. a lot of people don't know Kempe. Kevin Calder Cup winning Kemp, Adrian Kempe, I should say. That's right. Well, can right can right you here. throw Philip Deneau into that mix? Because he was that big free agent ticket they got after that Cup run in Montreal. Philip Denola, yeah, I mean that's he he locked down that second spot or the second line center. Yeah, forget about Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala, I forgot about him actually. Every time they show me a highlight of Fiala, I forget he's on LA. Yeah, every single incredible this year. And the the thing about Fiala is he spent most of his time on the third line. Now they brought him in to be one of Kempe or one of Kopitar's wingers, but they decided to balance out the lines, so they moved Fiala down the lineup, and it's worked out wonderfully. Because mm-hmm. now Quentin Byfield has actually stepped up and taken over the left wing spot on the first line. Now, if you recall, they drafted Byfield number two overall in the 2020 draft, and he's he's naturally a center. But because of the way the lineup shakes out right now, they're like, hey, let's get him some experience up on the wing. Playing with a guy like Kopitar and Kempe is not going to hurt him. Let's just put it that way. As yeah. far as any kind of development or anything like that goes. So what they are essentially doing there, you know what they kind of remind me of is when they were doing the cup runs and they were able to roll four lines, any line you put out there could do the job. And a a system like that is going to irritate Edmonton because this is exactly what happened when they played last year, that game, that series went seven games, by the way, nobody expected that series to go seven games. Everybody was supposed to be a four game series. They were going to wipe them out and that was going to be the end of it. But if you all of a sudden – because how did Edmonton win those last two games? I think Dreisaitl and McDavid played like three-quarters of the game in game six and game seven. They never left the ice. So what that tells me is that Edmonton, honestly, didn't do anything to address their depth. They really didn't. They didn't do anything to address their goaltending either. Now, I like Stuart Skinner. He's a nice story. That's great. But is is this guy going to get Connor McDavid his cup? Well, He's letting in four goals a game right now. Exactly. So – uh, how are you going to beat L.A.? That means you need to put six in on L.A. every game, you know, or five. And, and that's and not going to happen with the structure. It's not going to happen. Not when Dirty locks it down and he's on there 30 minutes a night. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I, I give McDavid all the credit. But is he going to be blowing past Dowdy? I don't know, you know. Well, and that's just it. Because, like I said, if you have a team with, with team structure like L.A. has – that's a problem because it's not going to be freewheeling wide open. LA is going to lock that neutral zone down and they're going to slow the Oilers down at the point of attack. And that's what the Oilers depend on. No, I'm not saying that, you know, it's obvious. It's not going to be a, a blowout either way. Right. If they, those, if those two teams play in the series this year, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic hockey to watch. It's going to be a great series. It's just going to be a lot closer than people think. Now, yeah. here's my question. If, if, Let's say it goes seven games. L.A. comes out on top. When does McDavid start looking for a new home? Well, he's in the middle of an eight-year contract right now, so he, he can, can look he for can a demand new home he, he can demand that trade and wave his no-trade clause, though. Yeah, but we'll I don't think that that's what Connor McDavid would do. 
Leon Dreisaitl, however, that's yeah. another story. Leon Dreisaitl, definitely. Yeah. Dreisaitl has no I, – I don't see him having the lock into Edmonton like McDavid does. McDavid's, right. you know, the new Gretzky in Edmonton. They will do whatever they can to keep him there. Um, and I feel like that he doesn't want to be the guy to to leave again. He doesn't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, they're still – they're still crying over that Gretzky trade, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, and so I just think that McDavid wouldn't do that. Drysaddle, however, absolutely. Darnell Nurse, positively. Like those guys would would run for the hills, I'm sure. Well, but sure. I don't know that that happens from them losing a game seven to LA this year. Like, but it's been year after year. Yeah, so. and it's the same problem year after year. That's the thing. It's the same damn problem year after year. No goaltending. That yeah. It is. When do you address that? Well, they tried this year with Jack Campbell. And yeah, well, that, that yeah, is. We're, we're talking about the Cinderella syndrome, right? Yeah. Turning into the pumpkin. Yeah. I know why people think that, like, this goalie's going to come here, and he's going to be good here. Like, I can understand that with other players on the ice because you're playing with – line mates mm-hmm. but the goalie is typically right. on his own now granted defense makes a big difference i'm sure martin brodeur will tell you that but <laughs> you know uh <laughs> other than that like you know you're on your own you're it's it's a lot in your head you know as we you know flory will tell you that like from his his uh psychological collapse years but um you know i think that Edmonton, Scott's dead on. They have not addressed that at all. Like, thought Mike Smith was going to take you somewhere last year? Like, are you crazy? Like, come on. Like, and and they could have won after Markstrom when he was going to Calgary, and they let that slide. I think that was a big mistake. I think it was was. a big mistake because, you know, even though Markstrom's getting it handed to him most nights in Calgary right now, I think he's a very talented goalie. I think he has, uh, if he, if he can stay, you know, healthy, that he can have a longevity as one of these goalies. Look at Yarrow Lock got a, a shutout at 38 years older. He is, I think, the other, you know, he got a shutout the other night. He's on a seven-game win streak, or he's eight, seven, oh, and one in his last eight games. Like, so, I mean, you can be a goalie that isn't a starter that, you know, has longevity and whatever and, and can last out, but not if you think you're going to be Mike Smith and you're starting all the time, you know, yeah. whereas like what if Markstrom had come in there now, then you'd be looking at this tandem this year would have been Markstrom and Skinner. And you're like, that's not a bad tandem. It's not. You know, uh, that's a good tandem. I'll tell you, you know, who's actually loving this right now? Semyon Valarmov from the Islanders. Cause he's going UFA this off season. And right now <laughs> he's looking at teams like Edmonton. He's looking at teams like Buffalo and saying to himself, I am getting paid because somebody wants a number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that think about that for a second. So, you know, he I, I got a feeling that Samuel Vlalov is going to be the guy come free agent frenzy that is going to get completely overpaid. But oh yeah. Another story for another time. Oh yeah. So I can I, see him getting an eight by six. I you know what? I could see him getting I can see him getting six million a year. I don't know if somebody's gonna give him that kind of term because of I think he's thirty two, I believe, something like that. But I, I definitely see him getting in the five to six range for sure. For sure. The um, one the, the if I had to pick a Cinderella team out of the West, I would pick Seattle. 
You know what? I would actually clearly. Go, I was, I was going to go to the Winnipeg uh, Vegas series because I actually think that one's the one that's ripe for the upset. And it's not just because, you know, Mazzotti, you know how much I just absolutely love the Golden Knights. <laughs> it's not that at all. This is not the same Golden Knights team that we've been seeing for the I, – honestly, I, I look and I don't know how they have this many points. I really don't. I, I just it's, – it's kind of befuddling to me. But everybody's kind of sleeping on Winnipeg. And I know Winnipeg's been having horrible problems with consistency. But you look at the talent that's in that, that Winnipeg lineup, right? You still got Mark Shifley there. You got Pierre-Luc Dubois. You got Kyle Connor. Josh Morrissey is having a lights out season out of nowhere, right? Norris contention. Yeah. So, and don't forget, everybody is forgetting about this. Connor Hollebuck is two years removed from being a finalist for the Vesna. He's still Mm -hmm. there. That team gets hot at the right time. They're going to be tough to handle. Not only that, Scott, but if you recall, uh, when Vegas went to their cup run, they went through the Jets. I, I remember because the night yeah, we were in the that, middle yeah. of the ice. I couldn't That's how it. I remember who what the night night killed before the yep. game. Yeah, must <laughs> uh, begin my love affair with the Knights, right? And, and and granted, a lot of those Vegas guys have, have turned over, but not a lot of those Jets have. No, and and I, and I think stuff like that definitely carries over. Like you got a whole squad of guys that lost to that team. You know, they're going to remember that. It was a conference final, I believe. Yeah, or... it was. And that yeah. was the so... that? that was the year that Winnipeg was supposed to go to the cop. Yeah. As I, th- yep. as I recall, they won the President's Trophy that year, didn't they? I believe so. I think yeah, they, they were did. really good. And you got to figure a lot of those guys are starting to get, you know, older. Maybe looking at this as Winnipeg's <laughs> last, you know, last hurrah kind of deal for all of them being together. So – I think, if anything, that's going to be the one series to, that could really produce an upset. Now, Mazzotti, you mentioned Seattle. Here's my question. They're starting to flounder, and they're starting to flounder big time. But what's floundering? Do they have enough? Their goaltending is floundering. Right. Well, They've you know, been riding this goaltending tandem all year that, like, one guy gets hot, the other guy's not, and then they yeah. switch. And right now, it's both not. Like, right. <laughs> but – they remind me of that Vegas team a lot. You know, uh, they have a whole bunch of second line guys. And, you know, I, I, I picked up McCann in fantasy like three times this year because he just can't stop scoring. Right. Like, it's it's really crazy. And Matty Bernier is like, people that might not know him yet, but they're going to. Oh, yeah. Like, that kid's getting a Calder trophy this year, most likely. Like, oh, for sure. I can't you know, think of another rookie. I, I I can't even think of yeah yeah um I, there's a kid on Arizona who's pretty good but not in the same league so I mean I I just think like you know Seattle's one of those teams I feel like if they get a first if they get a first series win and and right now who are they playing um, they would be playing Dallas right Dallas now, which is which a- oh. Dallas has been you know going in the wrong direction. Dallas should be up on all of these teams by 10 yeah. points, you know, and they're not like, so, you know, Dallas wins two, loses one, wins two, loses one. It's like all year Dallas long. Dallas to cruise control. Because if you're right, they had a huge lead in the central, remember? And then they just kind of went, oh, okay, we got this. Yeah. And then put everything into cruise control and they let Colorado and Minnesota right back in it. Yeah. Well, on top of that, Sagan got her, Ben's not getting any younger. It's, no. 
Uh, I'm doing very good for them. Other, yeah. you know, it's, it's he is. He is. It, it's, it's, uh, are these you know, long they have a great goalie, a toll. Yeah, I think I I can see Dallas making it to the Western Conference Final, but I realistically any of these Western Conference teams, I don't see them making a push. I don't see them getting over the Eastern Conference hump. Well, here, let me just close this Western Conference thing out by saying this. I think that the teams we just talked about that are in playoff spots will remain in playoff spots. Because I'll tell you, I watched that Calgary-LA game last night. Calgary looked terrible. I don't yeah. think – and they're, they've got more games played than everybody else. You know, they're they're four points out of a playoff spot, and I just don't see them making the, the push. I really don't. Uh, Nashville, same thing. I mean, that's that's just a team that's – They're decimated. Yep, they're done. They're done. They're it, top – Two defensemen, their top two forwards are yeah. all out. The league's passing them by. I mean, that's simple. It's as simple as that. The only change that I could see is maybe Seattle and Winnipeg flip flop and play out or uh, wild card spots. The one, yeah, I could that's see that possibility. But other than that, I think you got your top three teams in each division locked in. And like I said, I think the only real question mark there is who's going to be the one and two between uh, Seattle and Winnipeg. So, and then if it becomes Vegas versus Seattle, I really like that. Oh my god, could you imagine that? That would be so great. That would be cool. Go crack. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, Mazzotti, I don't I don't I, I don't hate the Kraken. I really don't. You know why? Because they did it right. Beautiful logo. You know, they built through the draft. They didn't go out and buy every player out there like they were drunken sailors in port, you know, and they don't have this Darish on ice show and all this. So you know what? I'm okay with the crack. And, and if you look at how Francis is managing that exactly. that roster, he has managed it from the start with, like, we are going to have depth. Whatever yeah. we do, we are going to have depth. And that is one thing that, you know, they are building a system there. And, you know, I don't think anybody expected them to make the playoffs, you know, the second year. But, hey, you yeah. know. You never know, though. You never know. Once you get in, once you get in, and then if you get that past that first round, man, it, anything can yep. happen. It, 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 as Ed mentioned earlier, Montreal went to the cup final a couple of years ago. <laughs> now yeah. they're in the Connor Bedard uh, <laughs> uh, sweepstakes, you know, like, so, you know, anything can happen, you win a round, you know. Well, I can tell you this, Montreal is not going to the playoffs this year. That's for sure. But I'll yeah. tell you what, let's talk about that Eastern Conference. I know you guys are just chomping at the bet to talk about the Eastern Conference. So just like the other, uh, the Western Conference, we'll go over this real quick. Uh, the Boston Bruins are running away with the Eastern Conference. Uh, first place in the Atlantic, first place in the entire conference. Uh, actually, in the entire league, too. But the Atlantic shapes up as this. Boston, uh, Toronto's in second place with 93 points. Tampa Bay is in third place with 90 points. Uh, the Metropolitan, Carolina leads with 98 New Jersey's right behind with 97, followed by the Rangers with 92. Your wild card playoff spots are the Islanders with 80, and now the Florida Panthers with 79. They have overtaken the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have 78 points. But boy, do they look like a team that's on their way down. Ottawa's still kind of hanging around in there with Washington and Buffalo. Uh, Ottawa has 73 points. Washington has 73 points, and Buffalo has 72. I somehow don't, I think they're running out of runway uh, as far as those teams go. Buffalo oh. definitely is the, the the last few games where they've been dropping and dropping. Yeah. I just can't see them continuing, but it's a good start for yeah. this for this for this new team. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that Buffalo at least got to sniff around a playoff spot. 
because yeah. I think the fan base needed that in the worst way. They, they do. really needed to happen. And they got a lot of promise. Right now, they just remind me of the Edmonton Oilers East. They can score a ton of goals, and they can't keep it out of the net. So it's it's the East Coast Oilers is basically what they can call themselves. Next year is going to be a make-or-break year for the Sabres team because you know Uka Pekka is going to be up, and they just signed Devin Levi. So yep. they, they realistically have a shot next year. They knew they weren't going to get it done with Craig Anderson. No, not – but I'll tell you, when he played, he was really good. But, I mean, you can only go – He was. Your old goaltender. Now, here's but my he, as far as Levi goes, though. Do you let him develop in the AHL for one year? Because as great as he was in college, the professional game is much different. And, and goaltending's you know, weird, too. To get into the playoffs because now everybody knows they got talent. So do you bring in a goaltender for – a veteran goaltender for, say, like two years? Just to let him develop, and don't forget about Uka Pekalukanen, who I will always say has the greatest name in hockey. I love saying it; it's yep. awesome. If I were to have another kid, I would probably name that kid Uka Pekalukanen. <laughs> I like how so, the uh, the play by play guys—they don't even bother trying to say his name. He's just UPL. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, no, we're not, we're not playing that game. Like, <laughs> you want to hyphenate that name? You're UPL. Yeah. <laughs> so. With Devin Levi, I firmly think that they should at least give him a couple months as a backup. See how he does. Yeah. See if he's ready. If he's making saves, no problem leaving him as a backup. Put Ukapeka Lukanen as a starter. Um, if he him right it, now, as soon as, as soon as the college season's over, I'll be like, he, All right, yeah, in, and you're yeah, they have him up right now. Play him. Yeah. So that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna play him. Um, but for next season. Fresh start, doesn't have to worry about the, the past pain of college. Just have him as a backup, play every third game, and then if he's if he's you know, if he's starting to sink, send him down to Rochester. Okay. If he if I he's doing that, if he, I think that's a fair the wrong thing to do, Ed. And oh. here's why. Oh. Here's why. He comes up, he he if if he's going to be the future of the franchise and he's going to be a starter, he should be in Rochester. Look at your goalie for the Boston Bruins, who's going to most likely win the Vezina this year. Lena Salmark. He spent time in Rochester. Watched him a bunch of games here at the Utica Odd versus the Comets. And I knew then, watching him play every night, like, this guy's stopping breakaway after breakaway after penalty you know, shot after power play Five on three, he's going post to post. Like, and, and granted, he's not winning all the games, but he was getting tons of experience, tons. And I just feel like when you bring up a kid who's who you expect to be your your starter for the future, if you put him in too early, his confidence gets shaken. Now you're going to send him back to the AHL. That's that's a bad recipe. It's a. I just feel like that's a. It's shaky, and he probably needs more than a backup role for his own development. So I would say you send him to Rochester, but you make him the starter. He's starting in Rochester. You're the kid this year, kid. You know, like, let him go okay, out there. I can see that. I can see that. If but he goes he, Rochester, he's the starter. There's no if and or because Rochester doesn't have the goaltending depth that they had last season. There's no but way. who would be who would then fulfill that backup role? Because Craig Anderson's more than likely retiring at the end of the year. I mean, you could I, get you know I, Louis Domingue, like get get another guy. 
Like, there's lots of backup goalies available. Yeah, I mean, that's that would, yeah, I, either that or keep keep Uka Pakalukin in around. Well, no, that's, well, that's uh, going to be the starter next year. No, right. Isn't Kincaid on Boston right now? He's the third. No, they, they no. traded him to Colorado. Yeah. Okay. He's third in I'd pick up Kincaid. Like, yeah, I mean, there's what I would do with, as far as, I mean, I would bring him, I would bring him in right now, let him play a few games for the rest of the season at the NHL level, give him a little taste, see how he does. But I'm a firm believer, especially with goaltenders, they need that time in the in the professional game to just to get used to it. It's a much different, it's a much faster pace, and even at the college level, much more physical. There's a lot more crashing the net. There's a lot more physicality going around the crease, so you got to get used to that. I mean, look at what all the time in Utica did for Akira Schmidt. Yeah. Look what it did for him. Look what it did for Jacob Markstrom. Look what it did for Thatcher Demko, who's finally starting to play like Thatcher Demko again. Right? We saw all that in Utica. So imagine if they had thrown those guys right in the NHL, right off the deep end, right off the bat. It wouldn't have probably worked out so well. But, I mean, no doubt about it. Devin is the goalie of the future. There's no if Andors or buts about there. Are you saying bring him in now, Scott, at the end of this I, season? I would because let him get a couple games in. You got couple, get a couple games in. Just I to, agree with that. Just to get your get your feet wet. Say, okay, this is the NHL kid. This give is give you this show. Doing. Yep, show him what he's going to be working towards. Yeah, and then tell him next year you're in Rochester. Yep. You're going to work on this <laughs> Rochester, and then maybe if he's doing that great Rochester halfway through the season, come on up if they think he's ready. Because if he he's yeah. You know, if, he, if he's you know dominating the AHL, absolutely. Yeah. Different, different. There's no doubt in my mind he will. You know, he'll he'll, he'll be lighting the AHL world on sure fire. Utica will have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I still think you guys are right, though. I think Buffalo does need to go out and sign it, get a veteran goaltender to sign a year or two deal, just more or less to hold the fort down. Yarlamov, maybe. Like you were mentioning, no. term. That's the thing. He's going to want term. Yeah, this is gonna be his last crack at, at, at a big at a big dollar contract. It, it wouldn't shock me one bit if he ends up in Edmonton. No, oh, one bit. yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see that. But I'll tell you what, guys. I don't think I, that the Sabers are going to make the playoffs. Let's talk about teams that are going to make the playoffs. I, I'll tell you though, as long as we're still on the bubble, if any of these teams are getting in, I think it's Ottawa. Boy, they, you know, what? I agree. You, I you agree. watch Ottawa play, man. They are playing they have hungry. All these other teams are struggling to win. Ottawa's like, no, 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 no. You just tied it up with eight minutes to go. No, we're scoring again. Like, like we didn't score. We scored one goal for 48 minutes, but you just tied it up, and now we're going to get another one. They are they are back to being the pesky Sens, I believe. That's a team I, I feel so bad for, because could you imagine what would have happened if Cam Talbot could have stayed healthy? Seriously. I yeah. mean, they, they were playing with AHL goaltenders for most of the season. So I mean, if he yeah. could have just stayed healthy for him, that could it could be the difference right now, and them being a wild card spot. To be honest with you, and uh, or they could have kept Matt Murray, and they could be further yeah. out than they are. Yeah, true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I think Ottawa's going to be. I think Ottawa's a playoff team next year, no doubt about it. I think. And well, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh just went 115 minutes. Without scoring a goal. I know. Could you imagine? They went that? from the third period Thursday night to the third period Sunday night without scoring a goal. I but mean. You know what? I'll tell you what. The best thing that could happen to the Pittsburgh Penguins is they miss the playoffs this year. 
Seriously, no, think about it. Because then they actually have to do lottery. something with their roster. If, if they can get into a lottery pick, even though I, I'll tell you, because I got a friend of mine who's a big Penguins fan, and he was moping on Facebook last night after that game. It was actually pretty funny, I gotta say. <laughs> so, oh, they went into the lottery, Scott, I as one of the like lowest rated odd teams. Yeah, but and they got else? number one. I know. Let me tell you something. There would, there would be, be riots there. in Montreal. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you something though. I look. I went on their cap friendly page, and that team has messed themselves up so bad. They're into Crosby, Latang, and Melkin for at least the next three seasons. They still got Jeff Carter through the end of next season. There's just no wiggle room anywhere. And you can't, and that's the other thing I can't understand why they gave Malkin and Latang the contracts they did this offseason. I get Latang's a very good player, and I get Malkin's a very good player. But when's the last time Latang played a full season? And Malkin is so up and down, you don't know what's going to happen with him. <laughs> well, that was their opportunity right there to unload some contracts and start getting younger. And what they do, they not only double down on it, they triple down on it. So and they let Evan Rodriguez walk to Colorado. <laughs> Way to go, Ron Huxtall. <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, I want to talk about those Boston Bruins for a second. So obviously they're going to be locked into the number one seed conference. So they're going to get either probably the Islanders or the Panthers. Now, normally I would say, boy, tough. That's tough luck there, Islanders or Panthers. But for some reason, something's telling me that that series could be much better than we think it is. Because oh yeah. Here's the thing that scares me about the Islanders. Ilya Sorokin is capable of stealing a series. <laughs> yep. That's the first thing I thought of. Not- and the Islanders have depth. So they don't really have any superstars per se. Because I don't really consider – I'm Bo, Hover- Bo Horvath's having a great year. Matt Barzell's hurt, which really kind of takes the wind out of their sails. But they're one of those teams like L.A. that plays with a lot of structure. And when you got a goaltender like Ilya Sorokin – that can cause a big headache. So I agree with the Elias Rosen part. I would wholeheartedly agree with the Elias Rosen. The intangible for me, the, the big difference maker is Boston is geared up for playoffs with Orlov, Hathaway, and Bertuzzi. They want to be in a thorn in everyone's side. They are going to be pissing people off, maybe taking some dumb penalties, but they're also going to be drawing some dumb penalties. Realistically, I I see if they, if they play the Islanders, it's going six. If they play the Islanders, Boston wins at six. It's the it's it's the Tampa Toronto series that really makes a big difference to me. That's interesting. That's interesting. If they play the if they play the Panthers, I I really don't think the Panthers have it. I don't see the Panthers taking a long either. Run. They're too inconsistent. But the only the only thing that scares me about the Panthers too is if Bobrovsky starts playing like Bobrovsky. Look what he did against Tampa three years ago, right? Against Columbus. But, when he was with Columbus, I mean. When, when Bobrovsky plays like Bobrovsky, it lasts a whole season. It yeah. doesn't last a couple of weeks. Right. I, I, listen, if it's Boston and Florida, I, I don't think Florida stands much. I think the Islanders stand a much better chance against the Bruins. Yeah, I agree. I agree the Islanders stand a much better chance. Elias Sorokin is a, is a difference maker. But when you have – the most hated players in the league on one team. Here we go again. It, it, it's true. <laughs> it's true. They geared up for a playoff style push. They, they, yeah. they like, no, there's no they, doubt about it. There's you know, no you get that it. grit. It's, it's bound to, uh, 
it's 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 bound to show itself at some point, and like they're just waiting to use it. Yeah. Listen, Boston is seven three and zero in their last ten. I, now that sounds good for every other team in the league, but when they've been like ten zero and zero in their last ten most of the season, and now that you see three there, and you're like, whoa, they're up to they're up to eleven losses, Boston. You know? Like, yeah, eleven losses. Like, That's so many. I just feel like it, to to play this good this long is hard. And we've seen teams do it before. They win the President's Trophy, and they go out in the first round. It's happened over and over again. Do I think that's going to happen to Boston this year? I do not think it's going to happen to Boston. The reason being is their goaltending. Are the Islanders the best matchup for them? To if, if somebody wants to see a Boston go out, I'd say so. But that being said, Ilya Sorokin can't score goals. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, he tried. Uh, and, and so then, I mean, that's, that's an issue, you know, who's Anders Lee is Boston afraid of Anders Lee, you know, like Probably uh, Josh Bailey, like <laughs> Bo uh, Horvat realistically the only one. Yeah. I, and, and granted Islanders, uh, like Scott was saying, they're structurally sound. They will make Boston slow down. But like you were saying, Ed, those additions on the back end that Boston got, it's making them real ridiculous looking when you look at their roster right now. And the biggest issue I have of Boston not going all the way to the cup is how many guys are they going to lose? How many guys are going to get hurt? How long is Bertuzzi going to last? Like, uh, you know, so that's what Boston to me is hinging on. They need to stay healthy. They need to stay engaged, and and they'll be fine, as, as especially getting out of that division. Because realistically, Tampa and Toronto ain't taking down Boston either. Not not likely. Tampa probably well, better chance than Toronto. Uh, Tampa of course, and Toronto are going to kill each other too. We'll see. You know, there, you I mean, know Toronto Tampa and Toronto are going to want blood. Here's the thing, Ed. Toronto could say have like a four goal lead with ten minutes left in Game Seven and not make it to the next round. Like, yeah, but you so... know, look, you know what the Leafs have going for them though. You know what they do have going for them? They're not playing Boston in the first round this year. <laughs> okay. Well, last year they played Tur- Tampa also better. in the first round. Yeah, I know, but you know what happens every time that the Bruins and the Leafs hook up in the first round. You know what happens. Yeah, I know what happens. Um, you know, and we touched on this last week. Yeah, I mean, Boston's a juggernaut. There's no doubt about it. The only thing about Boston that I have to say is things have gone a little bit too right. You get goal, that? Goal, yeah. Injuries with Marchand and, and McAvoy, who came back sooner than they thought. Way and, now, and now it's just been like this dream season, right? Like nothing's really gone wrong. There's been no major injuries to deal with. And The Brosk really – yeah, I mean and the other the thing too, Scott, is they're killing guys so bad, they're not really taking a lot of adversity. So like Boston's winning eight to two and stuff. That's not a that's not, you know, a grinded out game for anybody. Like no, <laughs> maybe the is... maybe the opposing goalie, but that's about it. Right. So I, I, I just find what's gonna happen when the playoffs happen, it gets tighter, guy the hits come harder. The goals goes down. You know, Boston's got to maintain. They have to maintain that level of 
we don't care. We're going to keep coming at you and whatever. But if they start losing guys, they lose Martian. They lose Bergeron. That's the biggest loss they can take if they lost Bergeron, I think. Yeah. Um, but but they have. But then you keep going. It's like, well, then, then they got Pasternak. And they got, you know, Garner Hathaway scoring goals. Like, you know, so you, you never know. They, they definitely They definitely did the best at the trade deadline, I think, is getting deep. They were like, you know what? We're, they they probably looked at it realistically, looked at the ro- roster and went, we're an injury or two away from losing a series. Let's make sure that that doesn't happen and get five more guys to back up our back end. Like, that's pretty much what they did. Like, yeah. I agree. I, I think they went to, went out in the deadline and got depth. That's what, that's what a lot of these contenders need to do. Well, it's too late now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I'll tell you what, let's flip this over to the Metropolitan Conference because, yes, we can all agree that Tampa Bay and Toronto are going to just kick the crap out of each other, and that's just going to be a war of attrition more than anything else. But speaking of wars of attrition, it looks like we are staring down the barrel of a New Jersey-New York Rangers playoff (coughs) a rivalry renewed. Now, of course, Rosati, I want your thoughts on this. But I'm First gonna... of all, it's never renewed. It's always going. Okay, know, but it kind of went the Rangers, Devils, Islanders. It never boring. stops. But kind of going at the back of the league, and those games will be bloodbaths. Like it does not matter. <laughs> but well, let me ask you this: because New Jersey is five points up on the Rangers, okay? How Only important... one point behind Carolina, right? Which that could that could throw a monkey wrench. And in the, the who plays because Carolina the... tonight? I'll tell you something right now. All of a sudden, Carolina's starting to look a little vulnerable. <laughs> you think? When we talk about Boston playing those wild card teams. Could you imagine Carolina against, say, the Islanders? That could be your upset in the making right there, to be honest wow. with you. I- I'm telling well, you. Svechnikov's done for the year. Yeah, That's a possibility. That's a distinct possibility. Yeah. Oh, so he's not Svechnikov's he's done. done. No, he's yeah, done. he's done for the year. Yeah. A- ACL. You don't come back from that. No, no, you're not Joe Thornton. <laughs> no, no, there's there's no amount of screws that are going to get him back in a playoff game this year. No way. Um, maybe a finals. Maybe finals. Beard, finals. beard money run would be Mazzotti. I mean, that's just an yeah. impressive beard. There. Carolina a makes it. If Carolina <laughs> makes it to the finals, look for Svechnikov. Other than that, he ain't nah, playing. He ain't coming back. He ain't coming back for the finals. He's done. I yeah. I feel bad for Carolina. And I know you wanted to talk about Jersey and Rangers, but this is what I feel is going to happen. New Jersey is going to end up taking first place. That's what's going to happen. New Jersey is going to steal first place. The Rangers might be right behind them, possibly. And Carolina is going to drop to third. That's what I'm anticipating will happen. The Rangers have to play Carolina twice this week, today and Thursday. That means... By the end of Thursday, the Rangers could be just uh, what two, two points, points behind Carolina. So that's a big swing, right? Now that happens, and the Rangers keep going on this hot streak that they're on. The Rangers can take second. Carolina drops to third. Jersey ends up playing Florida, maybe, maybe, and you know, which I think would be a really good series, and then. I just feel like I feel you know who I feel bad for. I feel bad for these teams on the bubble 
because I don't see Carolina going anywhere right now. I, 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 I'm telling you, they're, I, they're vulnerable. <laughs> listen, their goaltending doesn't scare me at all. No. Um, actually, the, the third guy does. Pintor oh, <laughs> uh, or What's his name? Kachekov? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the only goalie there that scares me. Okay, anti Ranta doesn't scare me. No. Freddie Anderson needs a new hip. So, you know, <laughs> that's the basis of, of, the, of the facts. Now, Carolina's been built really good, but unlike Boston, they didn't get a lot deeper, and they already are hurt. And now that they lost Svechnikov, it's, it's going to be rough. We'll see what happens tonight. They might come out and school the Rangers. They might. I kind of see it as like a trap type of game. Rangers are coming off two back-to-back shutouts right. where they scored 15 oh, goals. Wow, yeah. Like, yeah. we are not getting a goal tonight. I'm taking all my Rangers out of my fantasy lineup for tonight. Because <laughs> just, I, I just – I just, there's no – Rangers never put up that many goals in back-to-back back games. You know, like, it's not going to happen. In fact – I think they just made like an NHL record on how many they did put in back-to-back shutouts. I think it's like the first yeah. time ever yeah. a team yeah. put up 15 goals in back-to-back shutouts. So, but I'll tell you, man, the Rangers are playing very well these last few games. And if they could continue that, they remind me of the Colorado team from last year. When you see them play, I mean, when they played Nashville, I mean, granted, that's not a good measuring stick. But it was it was very obvious that there was an NHL team out there and half an AHL team out there, right? Because yeah. they were just blowing past guys, everything right. going in the net, and 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 those goals though weren't on the defense. Like right. the goalies got to stop something, and and the even announcers were saying like these goalies are good goalies for Nashville, like but they're just letting everything in this that day, um, and so. I just feel that I, I hate to see New Jersey, New York first round. I really would hate it because I think they're both good teams and they're both fun teams to watch. And uh, and I don't like that part of this playoff format where these I hate good it. teams leave like Toronto and Tampa Bay. They're both good teams. One of them's not playing in the second round. We know yeah. that. One of them will not be in the second round. Yeah, I you know what? I, I I get where you're going with that, and, and before and, and I know where we're going to go with this. We're going to go to the one to sixteen format, but I just want to say this too, real quick, uh, with New Jersey. Yes, they could end up in first place. I love what they've done this year. You always love a Cinderella story, right? Because going into this season, they were supposed to be the team that, well, if we made a wild card, that's great. We've accomplished something, right? And now here they are knocking on the door of first place in the Metropolitan Division. Um, however. I'm starting to get a little nervous here about D-Tech Vanacek all of a sudden. He's kind of starting to come crashing back to earth. However, with New Jersey, there is a wild card coming, and his name is Luke Hughes. Now, don't forget what, you know, Kel McCarr did for the Colorado Avalanche when he came out of Boston U and just lit it up in the playoffs for the, the Avalanche. Could Hughes do the same thing for the Devils? Maybe. We don't know. But I think the Devils would probably – obviously, they want to finish in first place because – wouldn't you rather play a wild card team than the Rangers in the first round? Of course you would. Yeah, of course you would. So that's it, listen, I don't want to see. It. I don't think the Devils want to see it. Like, I, I don't think like because you know it's going to be a hard series. You know it's likely going seven games, and it's just such a war of attrition. The playoffs are that like 
having that series in the first round is almost a guarantee that they're not going anywhere. You know, like how many guys are going to get hurt? How, you know, how, how, how tired can you be and get into the next round? One thing we saw last year with Colorado, they finished up their series they got rest, you know, uh, that's so crucial in the playoffs. Sometimes and, that and, and against I, teams, though, because if you finish off your opponent quick, and the next round that your opponent that you're playing in the next round, you could be rusty. Seven, all of a sudden, they're in a rhythm because everybody knows hockey is a game of habit, right? And it's rhythm. Once you get into your rhythm and you're just you're into that that groove, right? Sometimes when and it's great to get rest, but there's such a thing as getting too much rest. There is. There is definitely that practice. No matter what you do, you just trust me. I'm not concerned at all about the Rangers getting too much rest anywhere, (laughs) (laughs) especially, you know, with Patrick Kane, who's 37 years old. Um, But, you know, I just feel like that's, what's going to happen is the Carolina is going to slip. New Jersey goes to the top. They'll end up taking on Florida. Boston will take on the Islanders um, likely unless, you know, the pesky Sens come in there, which uh, Senators Boston that that should be inter- that would be interesting too. That um, one would be. So so I just you know I don't want to see I have no joy in seeing Rangers Devil series. Let me put it that way. As a Rangers fan, all it does is put knots in my stomach. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, my father got older, he could not watch playoff hockey. He just wouldn't watch it. He would tell he would you know ask me who won the game or he'd watch the highlights on the news right, or whatever, right. and that would be about it. Like in '94 when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup, my father didn't watch a game, didn't watch a game because he couldn't. I, I we had to watch it that series. in my own bedroom because my father was like, "I'm too nervous." Like <laughs> the game hadn't even started. I'm putting on the pregame show. He's like, "Nope, too nervous." Like, <laughs> like, like, like it literally would kill him. If he watched the game, so we got to turn it off for his health. Like, uh, and that's what this series will do to me. I just uh, know it because you know Jersey is just so good, and and guys, you know, guys like Mercer are going off at the yeah. right time. You know, like so Jack, having a ten game here. point streak and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I just don't know where you go with Jersey. Like, I but again, it's a depth issue. They start losing guys. Yeah, a, they don't have it. They don't have depth. This is so exactly. So I'll tell you guys, I don't hate the playoff format the way it is. I believe that if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you got to play good teams no matter what. However, I know we're gonna have a little difference of opinion here. So Mazzotti, I know you were talking about the one through sixteen playoff format before we went on. So tell us, my friend, what does <laughs> one through sixteen look like? Well. If we had the playoffs today, Boston would be playing Florida, division rival, Florida, right? Uh, the Islanders would play Carolina. Uh, Winnipeg would play New Jersey. Hmm. That I think that's an interesting, that's interesting. matchup. Uh, Seattle would play Toronto. <laughs> Edmonton plays Vegas. Minnesota uh, would play LA no wait I screwed up somewhere Uh, Minnesota would play the Rangers LA plays Colorado Tampa plays plays Dallas 
So you see, now, here's the thing. Now you got good teams playing each other already anyway. Yes, but like I like the fact that it creates new rivalries. Okay. Like LA playing the Rangers in the cup final and then beating us doesn't necessarily like create an edge to when they play. Not, I feel like when true. that is not true because every time I wear King stuff out and I see a Rangers fan, they still hate me for it. The fans, yes, <laughs> but the players, like the Ranger players, don't give a shit that the yeah, team right. lost in twenty fourteen. Like well, they're not, none they're of them are left. guys on the team that were still there. You know, it's Kreider <laughs> and and in the trainer. Like, like that's it. It's been a while there. That's it. Those are the only guys that remember that, right? So, like, I just feel like, like. I just feel like the league could shake it up a bit. And and this isn't really a shakeup because this is how they used to do it. You know? Yeah. And and I just think it creates very interesting matchups and it makes your points matter. That's the other thing. I feel like it makes your regular season matter more. Because hey, you know, Seattle's like been having a great year, but all of a sudden they've dropped to thirteenth out of the top sixteenth. Well, now they have to take on New Jersey or Toronto, you know, like depending on where things fish out. I just feel like even, even the old format that they used to have of one through eight, I kind of like that better too. Like, yeah. Uh, You know, because here's the thing. If you want to do a one through 16, you have to change the way you do the schedule because right now the way it's set up. Yeah. Western conference teams are only playing Eastern conference teams twice a year. Right. Vice versa. So, if you're going to make that much, if, if you're going to put that much weight in a one through a sixteen, you got to make it so that the conferences are playing each other more and less emphasis on divisions. Yeah. So, with that, I mean, I don't foresee it ever happening because owners don't want to fork over the money. Um, but realistically, what's what's the point of a Boston Los Angeles rivalry? I'm never, besides you, Scott, I'm never going to see another Kings fan in my life. <laughs> Probably not. But that's, yeah, they're all in LA. They're, or, like, what's the point of a New York Rangers versus yeah. Arizona Coyotes rivalry when there's four right. Coyotes fans? I think that they should put a, they should go back to the one through eight. Because there's a more realistic chance I can travel to Ottawa, or there's a more realistic ch- chance I go see an Islanders game. You know, Islanders aren't in my division, but I hate them. And I would hate them more if I had to see them in the playoffs every year. I I don't know. I I hear right now it's really great to go see a home game in Arizona. (laughs) You may (laughs) want to rethink that. (laughs) They're all college kids getting tickets for 20 bucks. Apparently, there's there's only 22 rows in the whole arena. Even if you get the worst seat in the arena, you're only 22 rows back from the arena. Honestly, that was, and I, I feel like instead of playing them in a college arena, they, they should have just went to the. Why didn't they just go to their AHL arena that holds more people? Well, it's in Tucson. It's about two hours away. Yeah, but it's still in Arizona. They're the Arizona Coyotes. That's true. That that much is very true. And I guess. You know? but then what are you going to do about the Roadrunners? You can't have them both there. Why the Barracuda? Yeah, but we're talking about you know market size. I don't know. Besides, you know, I don't even, honestly, they should have just moved them right out of Arizona to begin with and be done with it. They, that's Batman, I'm sure people you know they're not there. 
Yeah, you know it's not going to happen. That's another story for another time. It is an absolute travesty. The the thing about the playoff format that I don't like right now is because that wild card. I kind of don't like the wild card. I hate it. I agree with they wanted to go back to like making rivalries in the division, but that was when one played four and two played three. But now one doesn't play four. One plays whatever the wild card is, which might not be your division anyway. So like I feel like it was like a half it was like, well, we'll take this part of the one through eight and we'll take this part of the one through four and we'll mash them together and everybody will love it. But what happens every year is Tampa plays Toronto and Maple Leaf fans want to blow their brains out. Like, like on top of that, whoever you know, drew these maps up. happening. And 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 yeah, is it on Toronto? You gotta be Tampa, sure. But at the same time, do you wanna see the same team every year in the playoffs? Like I don't think no. I know. But, like, also, who drew these maps up for the divisions? Because, like, the Atlantic Division is a big circle in the Northeast and then a big circle in the Southeast. And then there's the <laughs> middle that's the Metropolitan. Like, yeah, and it's, 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 you know it's, all it's, about Metropolitan Columbus, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> Metropolitan Columbus, so close to New York. It makes the like if they got to restructure if they want to keep this wild card thing successful, restructure the, the divisions. New York, uh, Boston has to be in the Metropolitan. Yeah, there's I mean, no doubt I about it. Think they would do the way the league is laid out, though, you have a cluster where there's a whole bunch of teams, and then they're spread out for the rest of them. So you, you, you no matter what you do, there's going to be that screwy line. Because remember, how for years Detroit was in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. right? Even though really they're in East, I mean they're in Michigan, you know. We're but because of the way the map was drawn, what are you going to do? I mean, so there's several different ways to look at it. Now I grew up in the '80s, falling in love with the game in the '80s, and back then they went with one through four, right across the board. I didn't mind that. Of course, back then there was only 21 teams. You got to remember that. Now you got 32. So is there? And here's the thing, guys. No matter what you do, you're not going to make somebody happy. Somebody is always going to complain. Yeah, somebody's always going to be upset. I kind of like the way this is set up right now because the way the reason they did that with the two wild cards in the top three because people were going crazy about well with the one through four you say have a, a crap team in the Pacific gets in because they're the four seed, whereas you have teams in the Central that were that would, that would have been fourth, fifth, and sixth place, but they have more points, but they're out because they couldn't get to that fourth spot. But that fourth place team in the Pacific Division's in with like say fifteen less points, right? So that's why they did the wild card the way they did. That was aggravating, by the way. <laughs> exactly, right? So I wasn't around for that. So I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mind the way it's set up right now. I don't mind a one through eight for the conferences. I don't like the one through sixteen because I just think it's kind of ridiculous to have a first round playoff series, say L.A. versus Florida. Right? I mean, that's just kind of yeah, great. This is playoff hockey, but. Who are these guys, right? I mean, that's kind of one of those deals. I, I think. Well, the, well, I, well, Scott, here's the other thing, though. You're not thinking of, okay? Right now, the Stanley Cup Final is like that, right? If it's an LA Florida Stanley Cup Final, who's tuning in? Like, like. But at whereas, least you draw the. I feel if you go one through sixteen, maybe it's New Jersey versus the Rangers for the cup. That changes that a lot, you know, like. Mm. I still think you have to have some kind of emphasis on the conferences. I still believe that. 
And again, if they wanted to go back to the one through eight for the conferences, whatever. Do what you got to do. What if they did one through 12 with four wild cards? Well, they, they might have to because if you heard uh, Bettman last week saying, we, we were talking about expansion. And he said, well, Quebec City and what was it? Houston and Atlanta have talked to us about Atlanta. We're Jesus not doing Christ. anything right now. So, in other words, yes, in two to three years, we're going to take their, what is it, $750 million expansion fee and give them teams and further dilute the league down is basically what he's trying to say. If Atlanta gets another team, I'm going to be so upset. I'm also going to be first in line for their jersey because it'll be they'll be gone in a year, but I'll be upset. <laughs> so stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know why they're, like, doing this. Like, oh, we're going to go to Atlanta. We're going to go to Kansas City. Like, these teams had franchises and lost them. Like, yeah. oh, why are Houston, we coming back? Houston, I get. Houston, I kind of get. Texas is Houston, such a huge yeah. market. Texas is such a huge market that's kind of like the Wild West. We they only have Dallas, Quebec City. The only reason why they lost their team is for politics. Sure, give them teams. Atlanta, you failed twice. One of them recently. Um, Kansas City, you already failed there. Cleveland, you already failed there. Either open up new markets or you're done. You can only expand so far. Kansas City doesn't even have an AHL team. No, exactly. They have an, They have the Mavericks in the East in the ECHL. Right. That's it. So you you can make that jump from like ECHL to AHL, like color like the Colorado Eagles. Yes, you cannot go from ECHL to NHL. The market's not big enough. You don't. They, they don't sell out games as it is in a ten thousand seat arena. You think they're yeah, all of a sudden going to sell out It's not even 000? the market necessarily. It's the interest from that market. You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. Obviously, Kansas City has plenty of people to go to a game. They just – that's not their do sport. Think, like, they they want to go watch gonna, the Chiefs, you know? Yeah. Do you think they're going to sell out a Sunday night game when the Chiefs are playing? Or do you think <laughs> they're going to sell out a Wednesday night game when, when the Royals are playing? Absolutely not. They are a baseball and football market. And let's face it, if you're already a hockey fan in Kansas City, you're probably a Blues fan. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Or a Blackhawks fan. Yeah, or a Blackhawks or, fan. Or a Colorado if, Avalanche fan. If you really want right to look into it. In the middle of all that. If you really want to open up a new market in that area, you have to look at Oklahoma City. That's the only thing. That, yes, go to Houston. Yeah. They, they don't have anything. Yeah, they, have so, no, they have no ice. So – Realistically, and the only reason why I could see that being successful is because they're going to be opposite of the Thunder. They'll take second fiddle, and if the Thunder are playing in Milwaukee, there you go. Then you have ice, and the people are going to flood to it because there's nothing else to do in Oklahoma City. All right, so that's a very good point. Ed, there's one more bit of news that I know you are just chomping at the bit to discuss. Oh, my God. We're going to have a new jersey manufacturer. Oh, my God. This was the biggest. Uh, I can't swear anymore. Damn it. Um, <laughs> this was the biggest mess up mess up I've ever seen the NHL do. Uh, honestly. Wow. That, that is, that's the top of a long list of accomplishments right there. It is. It is. Two Atlanta teams. We just mentioned the the, the flubbed expansions of, of this league. Um What's a, what's a sports league without its fans, though? Right. 
you know, and in order to make, in order to, <laughs> at the MLS, you have, you have professional lacrosse. I don't, um, so a sports league without its fans, you got to make the fans happy. And Fanatics has gotten the new NHL contract for on ice jersey manufacturers. And they've been just an absolute just mess up after mess up company. And you reward them for absolutely just degrading your league. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I do you, if you guys have opinions, let me know. But I understand Adidas doesn't want to do it anymore. And we have companies like CCM and Bauer who can competently do it. I, I yeah, I hear you. I really don't care either way, as long as Reebok doesn't get it back and put those ridiculous piping down the, the sides of the jerseys. Those that well, drove crazy. I couldn't stand that. Well, I mean, if Reebok's not going to – if Adidas doesn't want to do it anymore, Reebok certainly wouldn't have gotten it. But the, you have the AHL jerseys made by CCM, and they are fantastic. Yeah, they are. Just they they are. are absolutely fantastic. And – I see no reason why they shouldn't have been awarded it. They, they're already on every player's gear. You don't, you can't look on the ice without seeing CCM on something. Give them the, give them the contract. Well, remember, prob- this isn't like a thing where they're like, "Hey, we like CCM, so we'll give it to them." They're in the business of making money, so fanatics couldn't have the been biggest far off. at them, and they said yes. Like, I, I want to see the numbers. I really do. Because if it's not far off, then they should win with the quality. Hmm. If it was far off, I understand. If it was like a few, you know, I don't know what's, what's reasonable, 10 million, 15 million off, then yeah, I understand. But well, if it was I'm like sure a that's million. The difference in why the CCM makes the AHL and not the NHL. That they don't want to. They do all the major juniors. They do. They do a bunch of NCAA teams. Right. Exactly. So So they're not going to lose money on an NHL contract that they don't sell that much for anyway. They figure, you know, like it's. I feel like they would sell more with CCM on the back than seeing a Fanatics logo on the back. Now, granted, I am probably the cause of this whole thing. So I'm sorry, Ed, because uh, as you can see behind me here, I give fanatics a lot of my money. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you're the root cause. Uh, you know, I'm probably the root of the problem because uh, I'm not just like I won't just buy a Rangers this gear. Uh, underneath those shirts, I have a Calgary Flames shirt, an Ottawa Senator shirt, multiple Kraken jerseys. I have a Tampa Bay Championship shirt. I got a Montreal. Uh, conference championship no. or semifinal, <laughs> like because I go on Fanatics all the time. They're like daily deal, thirteen dollar t shirt. I'm like hell yes, I'll buy a t shirt. Like so, I'm the guy going through the clearance items. Like you, sound, you know, remember those old commercials, Hair Club for Men? You sound just like that guy. I'm not just the president. I'm also a client. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and granted, um, not all the stuff. You're right, Ed. Like not all the stuff has been great. Like some of it's been, you know, wear it once and then it falls apart. Uh, some of it, you know, you wash it, it comes out four sizes smaller than when it went in. Uh, so there, there are issues, but, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, 
this is a Fanatics breakaway jersey right here. I was quite happy with it. Um, but I haven't bought in one of the official jerseys. They're uh, another 150 bucks higher than this one. So yeah, I'm they, the money there. But they're definitely not easy on the wallet. No. <laughs> I don't really the think that the number on the, the arm is you know worth 150 bucks like right. that's fine you could have an iron on i don't care like <laughs> well it's also the material that it's made with the adidas stuff's a little bit thicker moisture wicking it's it's a, it's better quality and i'm sure fanatics will adapt to that and they will uh, you know get the the templates right but you, you can't it's it's the customer service it's the i could say this for sure that this um kraken jersey i'm wearing that is a breakaway jersey. The material on it is very nice. It's um, it's literally like that wicking away uh, type of material. Uh, I think Fanatics I is a great second plan for the fan who doesn't want to spend three hundred dollars on a jersey. I get that, but on the ice, I don't know. I don't. We'll I'm not a big fan. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But they gave them thirteen years. Well, I'll tell you what, Ed. I'm going to blow your mind because I'm going to see if I can get Fanatics to sponsor us. So, <laughs> hey, if they do, if they want to, that's fine. I doubt it. They'll, they'll probably mail you a check for 87 cents and say, oh, your other check got lost in the mail. But it, 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 it might count if you just have me on again because uh... – yeah. <laughs> the, the Fanatics billboard Mazzotti over here. <laughs> oh, man. All right, fellas. Well, what do you say we close this show out with a little history lesson? How's that sound? Sounds good. That All sounds right. good to me. All right, let's take a ride on that Zamboni time machine. The Zamboni name, by the way, is used with permission. So this week, the Zamboni time machine takes us back to October 3rd, 1953, the day the Montreal Canadiens bought an entire hockey league to get one player. In the original six era, acquiring young talent was a very territorial process. There was no amateur entry draft yet, so team scouts were constantly on the prowl with contracts in hand, hoping to pluck their team's next superstar. For example, the Chicago Blackhawks paid Bobby Hull's parents for his signing rights when Bobby was just 11 years old. Imagine that. The Montreal Canadiens considered the province of Quebec their own. In the early 1950s, there was a player on the Quebec Aces in the amateur Quebec Senior League that the Canadians desperately wanted. That player was Jean Beliveau. The Canadians actually held Beliveau's NHL negotiating rights, but he refused to sign with the team. Even though he was playing in an amateur league, Beliveau was being paid quite handsomely by the Aces. Some even said he was making more than Gordie Howe and Rocket Richard. With this arrangement in place, Le Gros Bill, as he was known, was quite content to stay in his hometown of Quebec City. Canadians, however, would not be denied. Undaunted, they purchased the entire Quebec Senior League and declared it a professional league. By the rules of the day, this meant that Beliveau would play for Montreal and Montreal only. Don't feel bad, though. Beliveau did not make out too badly in this deal. He became the face of the Canadiens franchise and won 10 Stanley Cups with the team on his way to a Hall of Fame career. He is widely considered to be one of the best hockey players that ever lived. And that, my friends, concludes this week's trip on the Zamboni Time Machine. God, he's so low how they used to do things back then. It's so cutthroat. You could do that same history lesson for like 40 years of the league. And Montreal has the, the – that's why it's ridiculous when they complain about not getting Crosby. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, how many banners do you guys have to steal up there? Like – because, you know, remember when the Rangers had Lafreniere as the first overall pick, uh, we got a history lesson on when the last time the Rangers had a first overall pick. 
and it was like back in the like fifties or something. And they didn't even get to keep the guy because he was French, so Montreal automatically got him. I know. Like, it's like no, no wonder they were winning the cup every year back in the yeah. original era. <laughs> it's a joke. Can burn half those banners in Montreal. They're all jokes. <laughs> well, I guess we just you can say that about yeah. You can you can, era, you can say right? that about the Yankees too. I guess. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, this was a lot of fun. This is so much fun having us all back together again, talking some puck. And I tell you what, we got to do this again next week. Yeah, <laughs> anytime. Like <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Check this out, and you know, by the way, find us on Apple Podcasts, find us on Spotify, and for by all means, follow us because the more you follow, the more we can grow the show. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on Marty's Illegal Stick. Later. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact. Here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. With every race, every qualifying run, and every pit stop, Tim Coffeen would feel the pressure and excitement. With his own podcast on the Sports History Network called Tim Coffeen Talks IndyCar and Racing History, Tim will share those very same racing emotions and memories with his listeners. Learn, laugh, and enjoy the world of IndyCar racing through the eyes of Tim Coffeen. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.